I think this is really important, by you just being the spark for the community and being the person that initiates all that content, honestly, oftentimes you don't have to sell into the community because they are already looking at you as the connector and the leader and they wanna give you business. Hey, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. I am Dr. Sean Dill. This is Dr. Lacey Book. We're super glad to be with you today. Interesting times that we're living in. I thought that we would take today and we're going to freestyle a little bit less structured than a normal podcast, because I know that so many people right now are suffering, especially in the service provider mm -hmm. world. The people who we serve are maybe maybe not suffering, but they're facing tons of challenges with all of the things that are going on, limitations, restrictions, change of rules. It just seems like almost day by day, everything sort of changes on how you can function, how you can operate. And then we have, True. you know, marketing considerations. And, you know, some people are beginning to say that they feel like maybe their messages are being censored. Um, we're seeing, you know, happening on social media, YouTube, Google, all kinds of places. And so we want to I want to take a moment to have a discussion and, and help some people to address this. It's a very difficult time for people and, and give you some ideas. Now, these ideas come straight out of our book. Right. None of your business. But when it comes to marketing, you know, I think that what we are experiencing as a culture and in business is this idea that times are shifting and you have to be able to adapt. And what worked maybe even just six months ago, nine months ago, may not be working as effectively or at all today. And it's such a shame to see people that are stuck maybe in their old ways and that are not adapting and that their business is taking a hit. Right. The other side of this is also, though, that there's people that when your business begins to take a hit can sometimes hit the panic button. And so then what happens is you become very susceptible to all of the different ads on social media, get rich quick. I hear people Shiny saying- Shiny object syndrome. Right. Well, I, I, hear, yes. I hear the gamut from maybe I shouldn't even be fill in the blank, whatever it is you do. I yeah. shouldn't be a dentist. Maybe I shouldn't be a physical therapist. Maybe I shouldn't be a massage therapist. I'm not able to see people. Maybe I should pursue something different. So there's that extreme. But then there's the other extreme, what you're talking about, shiny object syndrome, yeah. where, well, maybe I should buy so-and-so's program or I should be in this group or maybe I should Maybe I need this, this magic bullet, get yes. rich quick, get people in quick, that kind of thing. So let's just break it down to fundamentals and let's talk about how they apply today, just as they applied over a year ago when we wrote our book. Um, but maybe adapt some of these strategies and give you some thoughts on how you can begin to implement them. Um, the marketing matrix that we talk about in the book, None of Your Business. If you don't have the book, it's available on Amazon. I want to encourage you to jump over to amazon.com, get your copy, mm -hmm. None of Your Business, same title as the podcast. The marketing matrix, which is to create community. That's what we're gonna focus on today. Love it. Isolate them. 
Make sales offers proportionate to the amount of trust that you've earned. Book yourself solid concept mm -hmm. into your existing community. Then provide them with referral opportunities mm -hmm. so that the community can grow. That's it. Well, and I love what I love most about the marketing matrix. And I think that we just need to talk about why we call it that, because I think that's really important in marketing. We call it a marketing matrix because it's something that is interwoven together that is constantly working, right? So a lot of people, when they do marketing, they do one-offs, right? Yeah. They yeah. do like a one-off event or a one-off ad or a one-off this or that to see what sticks and works. Well, and you and have to do that if you are a magic bullet Chaser. Absolutely, because but most people the magic bullets don't fit together, no, right? So they you're don't. doing Joe's program for client acquisition. Yep. You're doing uh, Mike's uh, five day challenge to become an entrepreneur. You're doing Mary's uh, program for mindset, and none of these things fit together. Yes. So when it comes to marketing, what you're saying is we need a cohesive strategy that you're constantly working on. So it's not like you're always ju you're just working on one component of it. We're working on all pieces of it throughout the entire year so that you can avoid the whiplash of business, right? I mean, I think as entrepreneurs, we get into that where we're doing these one-off marketing strategies and you have a really good month and then you have a really bad month. And it's just it's like this whiplash or this roller coaster, as they call it, of ups and downs on how your business is running. And so the matrix is designed to keep kind of like a steady growth pattern. And that's why we called it that. And that's why all the pieces are just important as the other. Well, just as an aside real quick, mm -hmm. we also believe that marketing is a valuable system. I know there's tons system, of system yes. people out there. You the got to have systems. You have to have systems. Mm -hmm. But typically when you say systems, people think like, well, that would be like operational. Right. And they forget about the idea of marketing as a system. Right. And if you you know if you're buying Joe's program and Mike's challenge and Mary's mindset thing and you're in this group and that thing and you're in all of these things it's really hard to create a cohesive system and I think if you just would mm. think of it as a system your marketing that you do in your business is a system it's like you would have a sales system just like you'd have operational systems you might right. have you know, money collection systems you might all of the systems that you would have right. it's not an event systems. it's a system yes it's not a thing it's not a one-off it's not an event so inside the system we want to create community. And so one of the reasons why that's so important, I want to highlight a book that's been very instrumental in our thinking, and it's called uh, Pendulum. I have it mm -hmm. here. Um, Pendulum, how past generations shape our present and predict our future. Mm -hmm. This book is written mm -hmm. by Michael Drew and Roy Williams. So I want to encourage you to get none of your business, amazon.com. You might as well, while you're on Amazon, go ahead yeah, and throw in too. Pendulum. Yeah. Um, this book talks about how um, society, and this is research, and they've studied back into time, I mean, way back, so not one generation, generationally, way back into time, that there are these 40-year cycles, right? this pendular shift that swings from what, you know, an, an individualized mindset, a, a me, me society, society right. to a collective mindset, a we society, and we are now three years away from the pinnacle, from the top, the peak of the we society. Now, I, I was actually having a conversation with Michael Drew, too, just as an aside to the aside, that, <laughs> you know, right now, uh, the we society gone bad forms what's known as a witch, witch hunt culture, right? And that's what we're living in right now. Now, the reason why this book is so important is it's not just a historical book or a book that talks about, you know, what you can see. It's not mm -hmm. a psychological book. 
we can actually observe these and see these trends to be true, but we can also leverage these trends inside of our business, inside of our marketing systems. And that's why we right now are so big on creating community. Well, I think it's important. Can you give a couple examples of a me society versus a we society? Well, so yes, that they can see and, and how even, these play together. And even from a marketing yeah. standpoint, this is one of the things too that we've had to navigate because yeah. some of our clients, um, you know, particularly let's look in the healthcare space, you know, um, in the 1980s. So the, the peak of the last me society would have been 1983. Right. right? And we so, know people that were operating then. Well, right? look, if you were operating in the eighties in the healthcare space, you were absolutely killing, killing it. I don't, it. Even, I don't care what, what you were in. I mean, you were just, if you operated a healthcare practice during the 1980s and you are not a millionaire, you either blew all of your money or you just did not know what you were doing. Right. right? But in the me society, we had more fear-based tactics. The way that we would market, the way we would sell, would speak to the soul of the individual. We would tell them what's in it for them as an individual. We would scare them as an individual. Nobody wanted to die. You know, you wanted to be, you know, make as much money as you mm -hmm. could. You wanted to have as nice of clothes as you could. You wanted to be flashy. You wanted to stand out as an individual. Right. And in contrast, in today's world, the, and I'm not saying this is this is a generalization. I'm not saying everybody, but the societal trends are that we are more a fit-in culture. We are more connected. We are concerned via social media what other people are doing. Right. We are concerned. That's why social media boomed during this time right. because it was a we society and if we look mentality. At that trend, social media right. emerges at the bottom of the pendulum, right? Right, and rides that. 20 year wave right up to the top. You know, that's why too, in, in today's world, you know, the social injustices are, are such a hot topic because in this culture, we actually care. Right. We care what's going on around the world. We care what's going on in other countries. We right. care what's going on in other cities. We care what's happening to other people. And not, I care about me, but I care about we care about right. each other. And right. almost, that's what I was going to say, almost more care about each other than we care about the individual. The individual. Yes. So we have to shape our marketing that way. And that's why, that's why we are talking about building community mm. because everybody wants to belong to something. Now, just as, just as a, a word of caution, if you grew up and made your money in business in the 1980s and you have failed to adapt, you are probably struggling big time right, right now, right. right? Because this is all about the we. So your marketing has to shift and we have to talk about the we. Everybody wants to belong to something greater than themselves. Everybody wants to be a part of a movement. Right. And even if we're talking about an individualized service, yeah, cutting hair, being a doctor of any type, being a therapist, you still have to figure out how what the the attitudes and behaviors of your clients is reflecting their desire to be a part of something greater than themselves. So the first step is you actually have to create a community around your business. Yeah, I love that. And I think it makes me think of FOMO, right? Like the reason ah. that FOMO is such a, uh, a, thing. a thing now, you know, fear of missing out because we are in a we society, people don't want to miss out on what other people are doing. The idea of like herd mentality is a very present and true thing in our society. So it's like, how, how do you, how do you incorporate that in your business, giving people that kind of little dish of FOMO in a way that just shows them you could be part of this too, right? Well, and for, 
quite some time now, you know, probably the past couple of years, we've really been preaching and teaching this idea. You know, everybody talks about ideal client and target market. We're no exception. We talk about this. And when we talk about ideal client, you start to say like, well, you know, her name is Mary and she's 33 years old. But one of the other things that we talk about is that your ideal client, more than just a description of this ideal person, your ideal client is actually a way of thinking. Your ideal client is a way of thinking. We could do a whole podcast on that as well. We should. I'll, I'll just leave it, <laughs> suffice it to say for this podcast that you would have to ask yourself, what would someone have to believe in order to be a client of mine? Right. What would you, listening or viewing the podcast, so we have to have considered it, what would you have to believe? Well, I mean, even just, let's just start out, you'd have to believe that it's possible. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, well, all of this is a bunch of baloney, well, <laughs> you're not an ideal client. Right. And you probably right. aren't listening to the podcast. Right, Right. absolutely. So what would you have to believe? Well, once we understand that, here's what we, here's what we can notice, is that people like to be around other people who believe the, the same, same things. things. Right. Right, and so that's why, that's why too, like, because a lot of people are, are like, in, in society, you watch social media and they're like, well, I don't know why those people are so passionate about whatever, their societal issues, their social injustice issues, what economic issues, their right. religion and spiritual issues. But the reason is, is because they've found solace in being a part of something greater themselves based off of a common belief system. Like-minded individuals, as they say. So right? let's start there. Let's say for you as a listener, as a viewer, you're gonna have to begin with, what would my ideal client have to believe? Right. Then what we do next step is let's set up a community around that belief system. Right. And here's what I love about community. And I think this is really important because community is one of those things, especially right now, that is more everlasting. Yeah. Right. It's not like your traditional marketing uh, ploy, marketing thing, marketing event, like building actual community is a long lasting investment into your business. And it will allow for more stability and it will allow you to have things that are long-term, but it is the long game. Community can't be built really overnight. overnight. Well, right? that's what I was gonna say. So the next question that I would imagine people would have is like, well, so how do I build community? Right. Are you talking about my clients? Right. Is it just my clients and no, my community? No, absolutely not. The community is, again, it's like-minded individuals. And oftentimes you are taking care of a lot of people in your business that have a lot of friends that are just like them that you've never even met. So your community would, would consist of your clients as well as your prospects. As well as your prospects. So this is this is why this is so advantageous because now we're able to leverage your existing clients and, and allow them because it's not we're not selling them anything mm -hmm. other than being a part of a community, which right. we're telling you people are naturally predisposed to want to do that. Yeah. And so we're inviting them. And here's one of the things too that I find is that it's it's very easy to create community amongst like-minded individuals who share a common desire um, yes. or need yeah because yeah. you want because of fomo you right. want to be a part so i if if i'm friends with you i would naturally want to know where you're going you know who who you talk to and i don't mean like in an intrusive way because it, it, i mean it in a way of like i want to be a part of it right 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 and so you want to create a community. Now the, the axiom is create a community and isolate them. So what does that mean? Like put them in a cell? Like how do you, how do you create <laughs> no, a community so and I, isolate so them? So first off, the two places that are very common in creating community are going to be online through social media. Mm -hmm. You can create an online community 
And then obviously um, when we're out of times like this and it's, it's okay to go back and meet in person and have gatherings, you can also create a community within your brick and mortar business in your four walls. So here's the next piece that's super important. When creating community, you need to understand that one, you are not the reason why they're coming there. Right. right. You're not the celebrity They're coming for each other because it's we, it's not you. Yeah. Right. So it's not it's not you, you, you. And so one of the other things that we say is the community, eventually the community becomes the community. Right. Right. Because it's it's a self-sufficient, self-propagating thing. That's what the beauty of it is, is if you would embrace the idea and you would put in a little bit of work to create the community, to start mm -hmm. the community and you've done a, a good job, the community will become the community and it will self-propagate. Right. You don't have to work at this. It will grow itself. It it will, it will create content for itself. They'll engage with each other. It's pretty amazing. So what you have to do is you're sort of like the spark, right? right? So you have to sit back the and initiator. say, yeah, you have to sit back and look at your worldviews, the yep. belief systems that the people that your ideal, the, uh, your ideal client with the worldviews and belief systems that they hold. Then we need to create a community around that. We could do that social media, electronically, right. we could do that in person. And then we have now this community that's isolated and it begins to grow. Right. The community though then is about this belief system and it's not about what you do. So it's not about you as an individual, but it's also not about what you do. This is where people get really confused, right? And this is one of the things too that I was just seeing this morning. There's um, a lot of movements in, in the in the world and they have names, right? So you know you have an election going on in our in our country in the United States. So you have Republicans and you have Democrats, you have conservatives and you have liberals, you have social movements, right? Mm -hmm. You have equality, Black Lives Matter. But I was hearing a lot of discussion about, well, what does the movement really mean, mm -hmm. right? And really the movement is defined by the community. Right. That's where it's so important, right? Because when we get down to the minutia, well, it means this or it mean, means that, it really just means whatever the community Besides stands for. Mean, yeah. So here's the thing, if you're a service provider, your community is not built around the thing that you do. Right, so let's give an example. I think okay. that's really important. So for instance, let's just say that your ideal client is what is the term that they coin? Like mompreneur, right? Like, so somebody, a woman that's like starting her own business, works for herself, you know, has children and is really striving to achieve more quote unquote work-life balance in her life, trying to become more efficient, make sure that she can do all the things she needs to do. Well, you could create a community for other individuals just like her and bring them all together on social media and even if you were a hairdresser. Even if you are a hairdresser. You're a hairdresser you, and you realize that's your your ideal, your ideal client. client. So you create a community. And, and give them content about, hey, here's some things that I found in creating a more efficient schedule, mm. right? Here's some things that I do um, during my day to uh, maximize my time. Yeah, but they see, what I see online is that if you're a hairdresser, all you do is you post pictures of before and after hair. Which, great, you can do that too. <laughs> But that's not that's what the community is for. That's the, a not, short term. It's not a community of, of moms who want to have an, what is it? Before ombre. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Ombre? <laughs> ombre. Ombre. It's not, it's not, it's not, Ooh. it's not for mothers that want to have a certain haircut or a certain color, certain highlights. Mm -hmm. It's for this community is not centered around what you do. It's not centered around so hair. Here's the deal. If they end, if you end up creating a community where they find other like-minded individuals, other people just like them that are working on the same things that they're working on, eventually 
they start going to all the same places right. and doing all the same things right. and saying, where do you get your hair done? Where do you do yoga? Where Who's do you do your yoga? Where do you therapist? work out? And where's your nail salon? Communities follow each What's other. What's your favorite restaurant? They begin to, they begin to morph because why? Because they share these same core values and they begin to move as right. a collective. Why? Because pendulum indicates to us that we are in a period of moving as a collective. Yep. So now that we've done that, so I, I mean, great, Lacey, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm a hairstylist mm -hmm. and I've built a community of moms and I'm giving them pro productivity tips here. Um, at what point do I tell them about me being a hairstylist? Well, not in the community because you don't want to like sell in that community. That's supposed to be a space for them to grow, that they're not feeling like they're being sold to. So the first off, I Which again, hold on, let me just let me say, I think this is really important by you just being the spark for the community and being the person that initiates all that content. Honestly, oftentimes you don't have to sell into the community because they are already looking at you as the connector and the leader and they want to give you business. So so the community is not about you selling them things. No. I see that a lot too. Right. People form a community and basically all it is is, hey guys, welcome to my community. Let me tell you about how great I am. Let me tell you about how great my service is and I'm selling you and selling you. And people are like, well, I'm not really even understanding what the value is of being that's a not part a, of this. That's not a community then, right? That's mm. a, a platform for you to sell your product or so, your service. So what, how do we transition them from we're all part of this and I'm the spark, how, how, how are they gonna end up Working well, you need to create me. some sort of next level thing, an offering, an event, something that they can move from the community that where they're isolated into something where it's more appropriate to provide a sales offer. Right. So, that, and that's, we talk about making a sales offer proportionate to the amount of trust that you've earned. Well, first right. of all, inherently, if you are the community spark, if you're the glue that holds the community together, well, of course, you're building inherent trust. Right. And so your trust level is going up. Maybe not enough for you to say, come get your hair cut by me. Like, hey, whoa, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. But I really like you and I like what you stand for. Right. And more importantly, I like all these people here. And so you're suggesting then that we move them into some sort of an event. Like, so I, and I think that sounds natural. I mean, we're all hanging out online. Um, you know, could we go to dinner together? Could we go shopping? Is what, what could we do then that you would move us? You could have like us? a spa day at your, at your hair salon. You can mm. do a lot of different things that would just allow them to come together. So first off, ask the community, hey, if we were to get together, what would you like to do when we do that? And just ask them and they will tell you and then you create it. And then in the creation of that, you have an opportunity for other individuals, including yourself, to make a sales offer. Yeah, you know, and again, if you're doing this online, understanding the concepts and pendulum, people have a desire for connection. Mm -hmm. So if we're if we're an online community and I have the ability to meet people with whom I have interacted online and I can meet them in person and kind of feel like before I've met them, I feel like I know them. I'm going to jump at the opportunity. Right. Now, what you're suggesting is that then we have a change of venue in the sense that I'm going to control the set and setting and, and I would be well served to maybe put that in my place of business right. where now I can introduce them more to me and to what I and do. And to each other in person, which is great too. Yeah. So there we would have the opportunity to make sales offers. Absolutely. Right? And then the last piece would be then once they engage you, right? So now I've become a client. 
and I think this is great. I, I, I love the services. I'm still a part of the community. I'm still bringing my friends into the community. The community continues to grow, but then you actually need to have structured, it's the last piece of the matrix, structured referral opportunities. And this is where it's super important because you said that it needs to be a system. It needs to be, a, it's, not, it's not a right. one-off. So what kinds of things would I be referring to? Is it just I'm bringing people to the hair salon to get their hair cut? Or would I be also referring them to come into the community? Yeah. Referring them to come to the spa day. Referring because they all integrate. It's not linear. You see, this is the thing is everybody thinks right, that not, it's not linear. Not every referral makes sense to go straight into a service, right? And right. so people are at different levels in their interest um, their interest in what you do. And it's far easier for me to say to one of my friends, hey, you should join this community than versus, hey, you should get rid of your hairstylist you've been seeing for 15 years and see mine. So by getting them into the community, it puts them into the matrix where eventually they get the service and then they're making referrals as well. And I also want to point out, if you're following along and you're actually doing this, well, another giant mistake that people make is that you still get clients that don't come from the community. Oh, of course. Somebody just calls you. Right. But if you get a client and they are an ideal, ideal client and they just called in, why are you not putting them? Why are you not telling your existing clients? Like, hey man, I have this amazing online right. group. You would love it. You should check, you should it, check out. it out. Yep. Hey, how come you don't come to my events and bring your friends? Yep. They would love it. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's all a cohesive system. And then what we call this is stocking the pond. You know, one of the things that that is interesting sometimes in our travels, you don't get to travel a lot by car, but when you drive, especially in some of the more of the country places, they'll have these um, little centers and they'll have a, I, mean, I don't know if it, they call it a lake or a pond, but it looks like a pond to me and you can go fishing. And, oh yeah, and there's have, another name for them. And, and it will say you're guaranteed to, to catch, catch a, a fish. fish right? Right. They, and they stock those. Because they stock yeah. the pond. Here's what I'm saying is if you if you create a community of your ideal clients and it's centered around a belief system that you've identified that they all hold in common and you build that community and you actually do make sales offers proportionate to the amount of trust that you've earned. So that means not mm -hmm. outrageous, like come in for a haircut, but moving them eloquently and efficiently through your system. Right. A lot of people in e-commerce call it your funnel, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're moving them efficiently through, just like in those places, you're guaranteed to catch fish. So what's easier? Is it easier to fish in a pond that has been stocked? Mm -hmm. Or is it easier to fish just in, in the a, ocean? In the ocean. <laughs> right. well, it's actually easier in a pond that's been stocked. So, so many of you have been fishing for new clients just in this wide open ocean. You go out into your community and you're so desperate. You bring your needs to the community and you're desperate for new clients and you're fishing into an unstocked, wide open pond. What I'm suggesting is just do a little bit of work. Think about your ideal client, what they would believe. Utilize their inborn natural tendencies of 2020 right. to create community and allow them to form a community and then fish into that pond. I love it. I think if you do that, you'll see massive results. You'll notice that you are reaching more people, that and you're you, making a bigger impact, and then eventually you'll be able to create the lifestyle. And you'll you forever have a place to fish. Yes. Well, that's what you <laughs> talked about, great. too. The longevity of the strategy is right. this is not a one-off. Right. If you're looking for one-offs, and by the way, we're, we're putting this out here on our public forum for free. Mm. This is because it's not a one-off. This is a strategy. This is a long-term mindset. It's not this thing that you do. Right. Like, it's not a social media gimmick. It's not a, a new patient or new client acquisition gimmick. It's This is a strategy. It's a strategy. And it, it's and it a will system. Work. Yeah.
just like every relationship. Yep. All right, that's all we've got for you this week. We'll be back again next week with another edition. We're going to be adding in. I'm super excited. James has us lined up some amazing interviews coming. A lot of people have been asking, where are the interviews? You interviewed all these people during the pandemic. Well, we've been traveling a little bit. We've got the studio reset up here in a new place. We're going to be coming at you with some brand new interviews. I think you're going to love, you're going to absolutely love who we have coming on the show. Make sure you tell your friends about the None of Your Business podcast. Make sure that you subscribe. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes, do us a favor and leave us a favorable review. We appreciate each and every one of your reviews. We literally do think about you all the time. We see your reviews and it makes us smile. It inspires us to keep going. It inspires the entire team here to keep doing their work because we know that you're out there and you're listening. And it's great to know sometimes that this is reaching ears and minds of people who are willing uh, and able to take on these concepts and put them into play so that they can make a bigger impact in the world. Until next week, we'll be back again with another edition of the None of Your Business podcast.